thank you very much for joining us uh, today on this. You know, as I was commenting earlier, I mean, one of the things that this is really important to do is it's, it's kind of giving a sense of who are we as researchers, right? How did we get here? What are the things that get us up in the morning to be thinking about doing research? Um, and sort of our advice for, you know, people who might be thinking about this. So thanks for joining us. It's a, thank you uh, again. It's a real pleasure. So tell us a little bit about yourself, like um, from the beginning. From the beginning, well, so I did my undergraduate studies at the University of Sherbrooke mm -hmm. in biochemistry, and uh, that's where I really got into research because I, I was in the co-op program, so I did internship uh, in Sherbrooke, uh, working on cancer and, and different things. It was really fascinating, and I really loved it uh, at that time. Right. So you did an internship during that. So what's, mm -hmm. what was that like for you? Because you would have been early on in all of this. Yeah, so that was the first year. That was the first summer uh, during my undergrad. Uh, that was really great because I entered this biochemistry program not knowing much about research. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just fascinated about biology and, and chemistry. That's why I went into this. But I, I didn't really think about a career in research at that time because I didn't know what it was. So uh, going into an academic lab really opened my eyes to the fact that you know, it's crazy. Like I've always been curious and asking myself questions about nature, different things, and then I had the opportunity to actually answer some of these questions through research. Okay. So uh, it was really great, and the fact that it was early um, during undergrad, uh, the beautiful thing was that I could apply the knowledge I was I was uh, right. gaining through my my theoretical courses. So that was really great. It really helped me. Um, well. Okay, so, so you mentioned that you were always kind of interested in the sciences, you were in plants, nature, mm -hmm. that sort of thing. For mm -hmm. So how far does this really go back then? Was this something that as a, as a young child? As yeah, a, as a young child, I, I was uh, fortunate because uh, my, uh, my parents live right next to a forest. I, okay. I've always loved uh, forest nature. So I was, I was just walking in the woods very right. often and then fascinated by the diversity in terms of plants, in terms of insects. Right. Um, Did you ever collect the insects and tear them apart? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I love them. I don't want to do these things. Right, I, okay. I love observing them, but right. uh, sorry, no, no, that's not. Uh, but I, I, I love going to uh, museums and seeing them, though. Uh, but yeah, so the diversity, the evolution of it. So already as a kid, it's it's just incredible. Right. And um, and yeah, so that that's why I've always loved science. I think it's, right. it's just. I think every kid is is. It's just like that, fascinated about everything that's wrong. So was there somebody particularly, as you know, as you were starting to head off to biochemistry, even mm -hmm. before you were there, was there somebody who kind of really tweaked you to the excitement of this? Or do you think it was just intrinsic to you? I, I think it was intrinsic, but also uh, the fact that my parents were really open to whatever I wanted to do. Right. Uh, so my parents are not scientists. Uh, they, they, they worked in finance. Uh, but. Uh, but they, they were always open-minded in terms of, of what we want to do and, and pursue our dreams and, right. and, and our, our interests. That's really this. Okay. So that's why when I decided to go in biochemistry, my friends, yes, yeah, sure. You love it. You're, you're, yeah. Okay. So, so, so from biochemistry to Ebola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and work in virology then. So and, and a great postdoc in a period of time. How did, mm -hmm. So how did that all unfold for you? To, um, so that's interesting. Uh, I'm not totally sure how it happened. Uh, so I, after, uh, well, during my internships, because I did three, uh, two in uh, research labs in Sherbrooke and one at Université d'Ausanne in Switzerland, which was great. The first ones in Sherbrooke with Dr. Pichet, Alain Pichet, who was a great mentor, um, I was using viruses as tools. Okay. 
So uh, just to answer questions, we were uh, using viral vectors to express some proteins and everything, and we were looking at uh, potentially an effect on chemotherapy. Um, and uh, and so that's why that's where I, I started being interested in viruses because I thought, oh, they're so powerful, and and we can really manipulate them uh, to do really wonderful things. And during my internship in Switzerland, then I was working on a virus and trying to understand how uh, it, it it worked. It, I was working on a uh, on a mouse retrovirus. So, so then I, I was I started being fascinated about the biology of the virus itself. So when I came to do my grad school, which I did at McGill University, um, I, I, I worked a little bit in, in immunology, and finally I, I joined a lab who was working on sheep retroviruses. These are oncogenic uh, retroviruses. So oncogenic is what? What does that do? Oncogenic means it triggers or it induces cancer. Ah, okay, so, right. Uh, carcinoma. Um, yeah, so in that case, I was working on Jack CT sheep, sheep retrovirus. I cannot even say it properly, but it's uh, it's actually uh, a sheep retrovirus that cause lung tumors. Okay. And uh, actually, that's that's uh, Dolly the sheep, the the, the first one yep. mammal, had to be euthanized because uh, because she developed tumors due to uh, JSRV. Now, so you've, you've had a really unique opportunity then with regards to where you've gone to do your postdoctoral work then, mm -hmm. right? And. And, and people think that that sometimes is more of a random thing, but yours wasn't. You really thought about what you wanted to do. Okay, so I would say, um, so I'm going to explain how it happened yeah. with me, but I, I would not recommend to do that necessarily. Uh, that is, I did not, um, uh, so, so people normally send emails to different labs, they are interested in going, I did not do this. I sent one email okay. to one lab that I was really interested in join, joining, just because that's it, the research that they were doing was interesting. That was Ebola research work, and they were looking for the receptor. I knew this, and I felt like the 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 the, um, the techniques and, and the the, uh, the the assays I have I had developed during my PhD could be useful for what they were doing. So I, I thought that I could contribute really. So that's why I sent an email to uh, Dr. Jim Cunningham. I um, I. I explained my situation, what I, I had done as a PhD student, and uh, I think I, I probably attached my, some of my papers, my first author papers, and I said, I would really like to meet you. And he replied maybe two minutes later. Really? I'm getting at really, really quickly, and he said, I know your work. And, uh, and you know, a few, maybe a month after, I, w I, was, I was flying to Boston to okay. meet with them and present my research. And, uh, and was there a chemistry rate? I mean, I hear so often, you know, the stories of, you know, all those of us who've gone off to do a postdoc, right? And some of us did many more interviews beforehand, but there's a chemistry right away, you know, this is the person yeah, you want to work with. I think, I think so. I was, uh, I wouldn't say like charmed, I don't want to say this, but scientifically, right. by talking, like with them, I was really inspired. Okay. I was really looking into, uh, you know, it was, it was trying to find hypotheses and looking at the big picture. At that time, uh, as a PhD student, I was so much focused on the details. Sometimes I, I was losing sight mm. of the big picture. So just by talking with them, I realized that I would learn a lot by working uh, with them in his lab. Okay. So, and how long were you there for that? Uh, I was there for four years. Okay. Mm -hmm, about four right. years, maybe a little less than that, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people I talk to, again, right, they, they look at their postdoc period of their life as perhaps one of the best periods of their life, right? You're not yet burdened, so to speak, with the mm -hmm. writing of grants and the teaching and promotion dossiers and such. You've come off of a really hot PhD, publishing well for all that. 
and you have this period of your life where you're kind of in the gray zone, right, where you get to do a lot of innovative mm -hmm. things. Was it like that for you? Or? Well, I really loved my grad school, though. Okay. And I think, uh, well, so I, I loved my postdoctoral post training scientifically right. mostly, but I was so much in the lab. I was all, so uh, I would say that I, really towards the end, I started enjoying more Boston per se. Okay. Uh, so, so maybe I, I have a little bit of regrets regarding right. this. Maybe I should have gone out a little bit more uh, during my postdoctoral studies, but my grad school was amazing. Why? I, so, because I, 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 everybody, you know, so, you know, the young people that I talk to, you know, thinking about coming through and wanting to spend time in our labs or whatever, they look at the time. They don't look at the experience so much, right? They say, mm -hmm. oh, gosh, you know, maybe I'll do a master's first, get a bit of a sense for it. Maybe I'll transfer across. It's five years of my life. You know, I've even had one say, God, then I'll be done. Like, I'll be old. Like, really? <laughs> right? So, how? Yeah, like, why was it so good? It. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I don't know. I was, again, it's the environment, I guess. Okay. And it's just, uh, it was stimulating. It was the... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I had great graduate student colleagues. It was really amazing. Right. And I think most of us were really excited about what we were doing. Right. And uh, yeah, I guess I had more energy. I was young and uh, yeah. maybe during my postdoc I was so uh, work-oriented at that time. Right. I still enjoyed it scientifically. It was amazing again. And, right. and I met wonderful people. That, I think. One thing about Boston is, is it's so rich in terms of um, all the postdocs are so good. Uh, the, right. We are, um, um, uh, we, we, I don't know, there's, there's so many great labs doing amazing things and, yeah. and uh, they, get, uh, they get people coming and talk, uh, giving seminars that are outstanding even right. before the big nature paper comes out. So it was really great scientifically. And, and many of my colleagues when I was a postdoc uh, have now faculty positions. So like we're colleagues for life. That, that is yeah. a great thing about it. I think it's like, you know, grad school is a little bit more yeah, fair enough, fair enough, I know exactly what you're saying. So, so there's kind of two questions that I want to follow up with on. So the first one I think is that, so you've mentioned now several times, right, the importance of mentors, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Did oh, you know absolutely. that they were mentors at the time no. or only in hindsight? No, yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah. um, so, so, so you see, like, uh, we often, um, you know, they, they want to assign you mentors to help right. you in your career and everything. And I feel like it helps to some extent there. I, I see more of them as advisors right. and, and, you know, people you can talk to and, and they're going to give you their opinion about things. Uh, but mentors, this is just a relationship that happens, I feel. It's uh, something you have to nurture as right. well. So Dr. Shanu Yu, I really see him as uh, my mentor right. um, all throughout my career. Okay. I think today he's... he's, uh, he's uh, I don't know, he, he um, should I say, he nominated me for committees uh, uh, at the American Society for Virology, mm -hmm. you know, things like this, it's, it's, it's still helpful, it gives me advice on, on life uh, right. and research, things like this. So as, so as, and so as, as, you've moved, whoops, as you've moved through that research sort of trajectory, right, you've traveled a fair bit, they've been to Lausanne, mm -hmm. been to Boston, started off biochemistry, went on and did your PhD. Was there ever a time in the course of all that where you sort of sat down and went, my God, what am I doing? Okay. I'm right where I want to be, I think. Really? Yeah, well, yeah. That's kind of a really satisfying thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. No, it's true. Yeah. No, that's, that's great, right? Yeah, Not yeah. a lot of people I can say really that. I feel really lucky, actually. Right. Uh, it's, it's really hard to, uh, 
to to get a faculty position. I feel really fortunate I was able to do this. I mean, it's I mean, it's still work. It's a lot of work still. But but to be honest, most of it doesn't feel like work right. often. It's just. So what's the most exciting thing you're doing in the lab right now then? Right now, uh, so we try to understand how emerging viruses enter cells. So I'm still yeah. working on Ebola virus. Uh, I work on other emerging viruses, coronaviruses, arenaviruses. And we're trying to identify uh, cellular proteins that are implicated in the entry pathways. Not only the receptors, but also proteins are involved in delivering the viral proteins, uh, the, the viral protein, the viral particles to the receptor. Especially for Ebola, the receptor is in an endosomes lysosome, so there's... So endosomes and lysosome, like they're, yep. they're tucked within the cell. Yeah, that's right? it. So it's and inside the cell. So there's, there's, and they've got a membrane. Yeah, exactly. And they're stuck there. Yeah, so they, okay. they need to navigate uh, the endosomes. This isn't just passive? Pathway. It just doesn't no. get in? And oh, no. Release. Everything in. I learned about virology is wrong? <laughs> well, actually, I, I mean, through evolution, uh, like signaling yeah. pathways are activated by the virus right. and, and uh, to, to have efficient... Uh, so that's one of... I mean, there's 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 more and more uh, papers on it, but we also published recently about uh, a similar complex that is involved in the trafficking pathway okay. of Ebola virus, and we think it is activated okay. during entry. And how does it, so then? So you also mentioned you know oncogenes, yeah. and a big area, right? A lot of work going on there. And I know again, you know, when I'm talking to public or lay groups, right, and the question around viruses arise, right, for and and to preface it, I'm not a virologist, I'm a neurologist, but my work is. Uh, looking at neurodegeneration, and we use viral vectors in order to get modified proteins in to see if we induce a degenerative state. So I raise that immediately, right? You can count on it. Somebody's hand is going to go up and say, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Do you mean things like cancer and neurodegeneration, they're viral mediated? <laughs> yes. How would you respond to that? <laughs> Well, I mean, viruses are everywhere. They're part of they, they are part of what we are as a species too. We've yeah. got uh, retroviral uh, sequences within our genome. Uh, so it's normal to have viruses within us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. We just uh, we're bathing in viruses right now. Most right. of most of them cannot infect us, but uh, some okay. some do. But uh, yeah, inflammation triggered by 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 viruses can okay. can trigger some some really important yeah. okay. human diseases. Uh, yeah. Now uh, circle the, back to the infection per se. But, okay. Yeah. So let's go back to another uh, comment just to close a loop on. So you said in Boston when you're doing a postdoctoral, you might have gone out more if, if you were doing it in hindsight going, right? But that's a really important piece in, in learning about being a scientist, right? Mm -hmm. How do you balance life? Right? Because that's happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. And yet yeah. we're expected to be peak of our career, writing great grants, writing wonderful papers, teaching, doing all how do you balance all of that? Well, I think it's dynamic. I don't necessarily, I mean, it's not something that is stable. So there are periods that we have more work, some periods that there's maybe less work than we can do other things. Uh, uh, do I, I just listen to myself and my family, I guess. It's, right. it's just, uh, and being honest with right. what is going on and what we need. As and is your family also science? Do they understand what you're doing? Yes, I'm yeah. really. Which yeah. My husband is a scientist too, okay. so he knows, and he has his. Is also there, there's there's some periods of time that he's really busy, so then I try to help more uh, with my daughter, and you know, and then there's periods that oh, I'm I'm doing grant writing, I'm teaching, you know, so so he helps too, and and my parents uh, they live really like you know an hour, uh, two hours away, so okay. it's it's not so bad. And how old's your daughter? She's four years old. Is she asking about science yet? Oh, yeah. So I showed her uh, pictures of cells and uh -huh. uh, yeah, 
Uh, she came to the lab once I showed her uh -huh. cells, and she's, uh, yeah, and we have videos of, of cells grabbing virus particles, and we play at home this game where <laughs> I'm a cell, <laughs> she's a virus. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Yeah. Where, does she ever talk to you about, Mom, can I do this? Uh, no, I, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it sounds like from the background, and you know, your family and your parents and everything, if she decided to go down that pathway, wonderful. She doesn't? Yeah, okay. no, that's it. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. We got to do something that we love in life. I think right. that that's, that's what it is. Something we're passionate about. So yeah. whatever it is for her. So I think I know the, the answer to this question, but like all of us, I'm going to ask the question I know the answer to, right? For If you had to do it all over again? would change uh, I mean there's like a few things maybe I would yeah. change but overall I wouldn't change anything yeah. I'm really happy honestly um, uh, I mean there's a few things in my career I, I would have uh, done uh, slightly differently uh, you know when we term specifics about grants sustain things like this papers uh, but overall I don't, I don't think I would change really so something. yeah I had Really great experiences. I mean, I had some not as good, but I, I, I right. learned from them, and I think I wouldn't change it just because the learning uh, was important. So now I'm going to ask you what's actually one of my favorite questions to ask people, okay. right? So if you could go back right now, anytime you want, go back and talk to somebody. Dead, 100 years, 1,000 years, two years, still alive around the corner. Who would you go and talk to and what would you ask them? I'm not going to have anything insightful to say doesn't here. have to be insightful, yeah. I don't know who I would talk to. doesn't have to be in science, does it? does not have to be in science. Yeah, probably, probably my... My aunt, but uh, but that's okay. she. She recently passed away, so okay. it, it would be something about uh, be very cancer. personal yeah, conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. And in, in science, in your field, right? Because mm -hmm. virology has been, um, I mean, it just keeps growing, right? And our, co our concepts of it. What do you think was the most important discovery in virology? What was the most important discovery in virology? Because I worked on retroviruses so much as an undergrad and as a graduate student, I would say DRT was was a really important discovery. So the uh, all the reverse first of all reverse transcriptase and how it work, uh, just because first of all knowing about retroviruses I think is so important uh, and and understanding how they work, but also because the reverse transcriptase uh, really changed so okay. much in, in biology in general. Right. Um, okay. So I would say this is one of the biggest. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. And now let's flip forward. What do you think is going to be the biggest thing on the horizon? Biggest. The tough question, right? Yeah. So in my field, we're discovering, so I work on filoviruses, Ebola virus. Right. In my field, one thing that we're discovering, we thought that filoviruses were really mostly localized in Africa. There's, there's one Ebola species resting that is in the Philippines. But now we realize that the filoviridae family is much more diversified and geographically um, distributed than what we thought. So there's new bat-borne filoviruses found in China. For example, there's a new bat uh, filovirus found in Spain. In a, in, a, in a cave, they, they found some bats uh, that died and, and they were, uh, they had the filoviral sequence. We now know that uh, some mammals have actually filovir 
viral sequences within their genome. So I think there's a bunch of discoveries. But they're not like, all encoding for hemorrhagic fever. No, no, with, no, 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 okay. no, no, no. But, yeah. but some, I mean, so there, there's some viral proteins that can be expressed, and maybe they, because uh, mice, some, some mice uh, have it, so maybe it helps them because they, they, they can get infected, but they right. don't develop disease, for example. Maybe there's something to it. Mm -hmm. But I think there's going to be a bunch of viruses we're going to discover, okay. uh, especially with the fact that the, the, the techniques for sequencing are so powerful now, we're right. going to find so many. And the giant viruses, I mean, these are crazy. It's, it's, it, they, they encode, there's so many genes in there, and most right. of them we have no idea what they do. do. Like the Pandora virus, for example. It's, right. Yeah, it is a so it sounds like box. there's a lot of work ahead to be done. Yeah, in biology, there's right. I think there's really a, a lot of things that are, okay. are coming. And again, it's just as the technology is getting yeah. better, it's it's incredible what we can do okay. and discover. Wow. So this has been, you know, Marceline, it's been wonderful chatting with you. Um, congratulations on a terrific career and the choices that you've yeah, made. Yeah, just the excitement. starting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Thank you.